0: We've got with us in-studio Kevin Burrup, who has written a game system called Burn. It's a 2D6 system.
1: The original setting <laughs> for Burn 2D6 was Pulp Era. Alright. That we're was at, the original, in. so All we right. could go with the original setting and I like move it. from there.
2: I'm looking at reporter photographer.
0: I'm looking at a librarian. I'm thinking like the academic deep in his books kind of has learned the secrets of the dark world sort of thing Maybe read too much
3: gone too deep He's got to be the private investigator see well, I guess that schlup will be me
1: Mr. Falcone something's not right about this one do you see that cup there and it points that massive chalice My yeah, family. What
3: I'll use i use rich to do guys is trying to win
1: today That's right we win it every year And we don't want to see this this German winning it. Something's not right here. Something doesn't seem right. And I'd like you to get to the bottom of it.
0: I think we have bothered these fine gentlemen enough. I think we should let them get back to standing without being harassed by such ruffians.
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll let you guys get back to it. Thanks for the information, and I'm sorry I had to threaten to put the screws to you.
1: Yeah, and so you walk on and pass those guys and a few empty stalls. Before Um, we get to the next stall,
0: though, actually, Kevin, from what I remember in the background on the Pulp Adventures, it is very much kind of a high society thing that there has been rumors in high society circles about some sort of occultism and stuff like that. Is that common knowledge in high society circles?
1: It's common knowledge to you.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm going for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So as we're walking from that from that stall to the next one, in very hushed tones to clam, I will whisper that I say, dear boy, we may be dealing with more than we bargained for here. I think Tad and his sister could be into some shit.
3: Yeah? What do you know? This circle and the blood thing... I mm. ran into it on a case once a month or so ago, but I never solved that one. It was some pretty weird stuff.
0: Yeah, that's indeed, indeed. I think some pretty weird stuff is what's going on here. This is this is about to get interesting. I think.
3: All right, so the Avida Zane is the one that won it. So let's go to the next one, the other one first. Let's go. Let's yeah. go check out Love Rocket. Love Rocket and see what's going on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you get to Love Rocket and love rocket has been again brushed blanket on it the trainer's there the the jockey is hanging out too talking to the trainer jockey looks a little bit frustrated and yet no one else is there just the two of them
0: let me take the lead on this one
1: clem i say oh boy i'm looking for dot is she still around no i think she's still up in the stands
0: Oh, I thought I saw her come down here. Perhaps I was mistaken. Pity about the race there, old boy. It looked like you really ran your hat out there. Just ran into some really stiff competition from the Germans. Something's not
1: right. And this, again, your high society talking to the guy. There's going to be no role to have him just build normal stuff. It's routine. Yep. He's like, hey, above Rocket just isn't acting right. I don't know. Can't figure it out.
0: Anything that, that stood out about her run? Nah,
1: she just seemed not herself. Tired. Hmm,
0: interesting. I'm sorry. Oh man, I didn't get to uh, get your name. Talking to the jockey, Billy. 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 You've ridden Love Rocket before. Uh, uh, what do you think was up? I was a was a a hitch in her giddy-up, so to speak, or uh, or something shooed wrong, or you know shoes on the wrong feet, or
1: something. She seemed fine. We did the warm ups, and Love Rocket was just she was she was flying around that track. Uh, this horse, she doesn't have she doesn't have hooves. She has wings. And I'll tell you, after we brought her back here, we. Brought her back into the stall and and then lined her up for the race and she just wasn't right. I knew she was, she was snorting. She had a little foam around her mouth. It just wasn't right. I don't oh, know. Like somebody fed her something? Maybe. I don't. I no one was around except for us. I don't know. Oh, amazing.
0: That's foam around the mouth. You say? Interesting. Huh?
3: Is there any trace of that still there?
1: On the horse? Looking at the uh, horse? You take not that you can really tell, no. And the horse is in the stall with the stall door closed.
0: Hmm. Huh shame really thank you very much Billy. better luck in the steeplechase i hope that that you're able to overcome the obstacles from uh, from this first ratio or do you even think that love rocket will be
1: able to run i don't know she's still not she's still not looking too good <laughs> you can tell from looking around that this is a classic stable it's clean but it's not clean like the uh, like the mr gallows stable and uh, this is these guys look like they're just both of them tired they don't quite understand what's going on and that's
3: it. And you guys do all of the cleaning and the mucking of the stall? Or are you assigned a stable boy or a stable person by the track? You say nobody else has been in here. Is there anybody else involved in care for the animals? You haven't had a vet come by?
1: Occasionally the vet comes by, but yeah, we have a stable boy who shovels it out.
3: Does he work for you or does he work for the...
1: Works for the track.
3: Works for the track. What's his name?
1: His name is uh, Timmy.
3: All right, so... Maybe we'll have to stop by and have a conversation with Timmy, see if maybe he saw somebody come by when neither one of you guys did.
0: Okay. Hmm. You didn't hear any uh, strange going-ons in any of the other stalls or anything, did you, around wall-up time?
1: No, no, nothing. Everything seemed pretty normal. Those guys down there, the Mr. Gallows horse, they were pretty upset after that practice, and they cleaned out their entire stall, and sprayed it down and everything. We don't know what the heck was going on with them. We try to ignore them. They seem pretty dangerous. You just have to know to talk their language, that's all. They speak a different language than we do, Billy, that's all. Nah.
3: Billy's not wrong. Those guys down there, that's a bunch of wrong numbers.
0: Clem, perhaps we should go catch
3: up with our friend and see what, what he's... Just to like. complete it, make sure that we're not drawing too much suspicion. We gotta stop by and look at a V Zane too. That's a, very, that's a fair point. Yes, exactly. Yes, let's do that
1: and a couple of empty stalls. And then there's a Widerzehn and a jockey trainer and a man standing there who's in this gray, almost like you might guess is a uniform, but it's not quite a uniform with boots and leather gloves and a monocle in it as I just kind of just standing there. So three of them, the jockey. Mm. A trainer and this kind of guy dressed in gray. And you said that they seem like military, right? They have like medals
0: on there. Yeah, a couple medals Um. here or there. Any chance that as a librarian, because so many research texts mm. in certain disciplines are written in German, a sure. chance that I maybe understand or speak enough German to at least uh, cobble together a rough greeting? Well,
1: as a librarian, you definitely know they're German, right? They, you've guessed the language as German. That's easy for you as a librarian. These seem to be, you would guess that they're Prussian if you okay. had yep. a guess. Yeah.
0: Okay. Would I know enough enough German to say something along the lines of "Good afternoon" and sure. done in the race earlier? Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Then I will say that.
1: Okay, and the one guy in the universe says, oh, "Yeah, thank you. We we're lucky."
0: Yeah, quite quite a lot of skill without without Zane Zayn there. Worried that she'd be saying goodbye, but she certainly said hello, didn't she?
1: Oh yes, we are not worried. She will win. Hmm.
0: You think, you think you'll do well in the steeplechase?
1: Oh, yes. Soon that cup will be ours. You seem awful confident
3: it. for a guy who said we were lucky a minute ago.
1: True. It's a sure thing, I say. You make your own luck, right? I
3: do oh. believe that. I truly do. And I gotta say, I gotta say, that horse of yours ran a hell of a race today. It was a sight to see.
1: Yes. Peter Zane is a very fast horse. Whoa, wait
3: veter Zane What's that mean? She's
1: always saying goodbye.
3: That was your joke, wasn't it, Craig? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I it. That was pretty I was, funny. <laughs> I
0: was trying to be funny there, Clem. Can't get the wool over your eyes, now can we?
3: Nope, I'm too shocked for that. But you guys have anything weird happened today?
1: <clears throat> Around the and, stall? Or had anybody stopping by, doing anything strange? And the guy immediately becomes very serious and goes... That's enough. Enough talk. We have to take care of the horse. Bye now.
3: Uh, It lovely to meet you. So
1: what's your intention now? Are you going back to reconnect with your friend Moses? Yeah.
0: Want to see how he did with the pictures.
1: And this has taken you, with all your parlay and other stuff, maybe about 20 minutes to do all this reconnoitering. So we're going to go back in time. To the moment you left, and Moses, you are just walking into yeah, and you are just walking into this press room that's underneath the stands, and there are maybe a half dozen kind of reporters talking on phones about race results, and you do see that in back there's the telltale sign of a light indicating a dark room in use.
2: I'm gonna look around and then ask.
1: Is there a sign up to get into the dark room? And one of the people dismissively, these are all just reporters like you, dismissed. Uh, Johnny's in there now, but yeah, if you need it, just walk in.
2: Does it have protection so I can walk in and I'm not going to ruin his photographs, am I? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to look around. Does anybody else look like they're a photographer?
1: No, they are all seem busy with their stories. Some are writing, some are calling. They pretty much are ignoring you. Just a little chit chat, but like...
2: I'm going to knock on the door versus walk right in. Yeah, you knock on the door and you hear, yeah, what do you want? I'm hoping to use the darkroom. Is it safe to come in or should I wait? Oh, come in. Open the door, go in.
1: You open the door and what is this heavy black curtain? And you walk in the door. You close the door, and there's a red light where you are, and then a heavy dark curtain. And as you pull it open beyond, then you see the actual dark room where there's a guy who is dipping these films into the into the chemicals, and then pulling them out and putting them on clothespins, hanging on a line, developing the the film from this camera.
2: Excellent. And I'm going to get started. I'm going to take the film from my camera, and obviously he's still finishing up. And as soon as he's done, I'll just start the process with the first of the three uh, solution baths. Yeah, and it Uh, looks like
1: there's enough room in there where they're used to having probably two or three photographers in there at once with race photos, so you can get going right away. All right. So I'll start. I'll do that, and
2: at least before I actually start developing directly, I just want to get a glance at his pictures. Are they mostly race pictures, or or was he taking any pre-race photos or whatever? Just. I know I'm going to be looking for very specific things, but I want to see if anybody else might have captured something by accident. Yeah, it looks
1: like he was taking just race photos of the crowd, that kind of thing. He's got some pictures of, you can see a few up at least, of some of the high society people going to sell the photos to society pages or something.
2: Okay, anything of any uh, pictures of the chalice? I know I have one, but
1: did he have the pictures mm-hmm. of the chalice or whatever? Let's see. I'd say to see if there are any pictures of the chalice, did he actually happen to get them? It's just a simple 2d6 roll. But if you're looking for something specific about finding out information or detail about the chalice and you have an idea of something you want to find, again, you can increase the magnitude to a 3D6 and let me know what you hope to find out or know from that.
2: At this point, I'm just looking to see if he's got chalice pictures, so I think the straight roll is Yeah, a simple straight sufficient? 2D6 roll. Yeah. And that's eyes as well? Yeah. Ooh, I did not succeed.
1: Okay. Yeah, he didn't
2: take any. Okay. I'll get started on developing my pictures or what have you. Sure. And I'll make some idle chit-chats if he's picked up any scuttlebutt as far as the horses and were people surprised, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, he's not much of a chatter. He goes, yeah, I'm just taking the pictures I, and then I got to get him downtown to the paper to see if I can sell a few of these shots. It's just another boring horse race. Uh, yeah, You are you a freelancer too? He goes, no, I work for the City Sun. Good editors down there? Nah. They're as lousy as they are everywhere. <laughs> Editors,
2: what are you going to do? And
1: you take through the magic of TV. No, you take about 20 minutes to go through the processes and hang these up. And what a coincidence, um, yeah. yeah, what a coincidence. And you start developing them. And as they come out, you start seeing some different things. One, the. the it's in reverse order. The first one that starts that you've developed and starts coming out in great detail is the cup, the silver chalice. Okay. And what you notice about it is from your photo and being able to examine it, wow, what a weird chalice. It has these these essentially South American pictures on or carvings on it. Into the it's almost like the silver chalice was carved and it seems to be depicting some different rituals to whether it's to appease certain certain gods or whatever their sacrifice on the chalice and around the base of the chalice and so it must be who knows maybe at the latter part of these empires horses and horses with and in some and most of kind of carvings horse and man are one almost as if they're the same being across the bottom of it and so it's a very strange you would almost describe it as grotesque in in the way that it was carved
2: that's just not natural
1: and yeah so that's what you get out of that one the the photos of evita zane don't come out with much you do see that clearly you capture the details of Evita Zane and the trainer and the other and you can tell from the photo that they're clearly foreigners they're clearly Prussians and you make out some of the writing that identifies the horse as being the property of this Graf von Holstein and and the horse itself looks to be from your photo you don't know too much about horses but this looks like one pretty powerful horse rippling muscles all sorts of things. Very well developed horse. You develop the next picture of Love Rocket and of Miss Toddington. And in this photo, you also take a look and you, you do notice that there is a little foam on the mouth of the horse, just a little bit. And the horse's eyes seem to be strained or bloodshot. All of that is is possible. With Philly, with Philly, you notice the same kinds of things in the shot of Philly Philly, a little strain, sunken eye, all of that. So both of those horses, Philly and Love Rocket, aren't looking so good in these photos after that After that training session. All right, I'll
2: finish developing my, my film and get like an envelope to put them in so that they stay protected.
1: Now, Man. Moses, was there anything else you were looking from those photos to find out? I guess I'm trying to see if they're like the people around, if
2: anybody looks surprised because I got the before pictures, but I wanted to see if anybody was milling about that I may have picked up in the pictures to see if anybody was kind of that I would not expect to be in the in, in the vicinity that I picked up by accident.
1: Yeah. So the only thing that you pick up in the background of the photo of Love Rocket is that in the distance, and you didn't notice it at first because it's pretty small, there is a figure of a person and you're able to really get it very clearly. It's a boy or an adolescent, maybe 17 years old, something like that, who's got a bucket, carrying a bucket. And it looks like, it's hard to tell, but the the color is starting to come into it. It looks like his hands are covered in blood and that there's blood on his smock that he's carrying. And he's kind of looking at the camera almost with a surprised look, like you're taking the picture and you're not sure but it might even be a bucket of blood that's not natural I'm gonna
2: put that away and once the picture is developed I'm gonna put it in the envelope I'm actually gonna go for the lick seal on the envelope and the little peg to close it off that and then I'm gonna put it in my camera in my camera bag sure so it's protected and then when I leave I'm going to keep an eye over my shoulder if he noticed me that means I could be being followed.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't you just give me a simple 2d6 eyes roll and let's see how that goes. It's a 7. Yeah, you're not being followed. He did most of the people in that press room are just trying to run against deadlines and they're not they're paying almost no attention to you. They haven't asked you which paper you work for, nothing. Good. And lo and behold, you walk out of the that press room and the and after developing the photos and who's walking up towards you, but you see your good friends, Clem and Craig. Huh. Muscles, we were just wondering what you were able to go ahead and find in there? Let's find a place to talk. Did you get anything interesting on your film?
3: Let's find a place to talk. I'll take that as hmm. a yes. Let's find a quiet uh, corner.
0: Yeah, no, I have a much better idea. I'm sure that I have been to, to this before. I'm sure that there are probably private rooms up in the luxury boxes that, because uh, business is often done here, even though it's on Saturday. And so I'm sure that there's probably some sort of a room or something that I can go ahead and talk myself into uh, with a door and that sort of thing.
2: Yes, uh, I, there definitely probably is a place like that, but we don't want to go too far away from where we are. We want to be as close to where the action is as possible. But we just
3: oh. need a quiet space.
0: All right. Well, then a corner will do. I guess we are common prostitutes.
3: Speak for yourself, Craig. I didn't read nothing about no prostitution in Mister Toddington's job
1: description. It's fine. And there are, of course, <laughs> a, a number. This is a pretty large place, and there are a number of empty stalls. You could always fair enough. Make perhaps a stall
0: like right next to or right near a Philly Philly's stall, perhaps. No. You you really think not? Moses, you think really that we should uh,
3: we should not do that?
2: Once I tell you what I know, you'll understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. Why, why don't think you take Green's... us
3: where you want to go, Mo- Moses?
0: All right, so why I'll how just... do you call them mosses? Think these mosses like growing on a tree in the woods or something? It's the accent from Newton. Okay, my family's from Newton. We have a strange way of pronouncing our a's. He's just—it's always been that way. He's always been mosses. I can't help it
2: basically I'll just find like a corner out of the way and I'll be nervously looking to make sure no one's around us. I want to be somewhat near, but not in the stall area. And the reason I say that is because, um, Knowing what I saw in that final photo, I figure that person will be likely be in the stall area. So I don't want to go to where they are because that would give them the best chance to overhear.
1: Yeah, there, there are a number of different areas. There's a hay storage area. There's like a wash area with cleanup, that kind of thing. There's a storage kind of area with shovels and buckets and stuff. So right, we'll head over to that. All right. The storage area. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And this is all all that horse stuff. There's tackle or something or who knows, all sorts of leather bits and buckets and shovels. bits so, and bridles. Yeah yeah bridles bits bridles yeah all that good stuff
2: extra shoes yeah once we're there i'm gonna open the envelope and i'm gonna start showing the pictures i'll show them in the order that i actually d- developed them except i'm gonna do the chalice last and i'll say look i looking at these photos not much here with evita's in clearly it seems to be the owner is who they say they are not much that i noticed there but i can tell you what i did notice is with love rocket and with philly philly they have this weird foamy thing stuff around their mouths, and that was after they came back from the practice when I took the pictures. And I thought that was odd. They looked not well, and specifically Philly, Philly, that horse's eyes were sunk in, and they were just really looking almost, almost like they're running out of water, like they've been in a desert for a long time, kind of
3: look. The Rockets jockey mentioned foam on the mouth too. Hmm. and that his horse wasn't right and they thought but Philly what?
2: wasn't doing well I think one by default is probably Philly the Philly,
3: Philly the love rocket but Avidar Zane Zane
2: one. uh oh, oh oh yeah right, Zane won.
0: right my, my mistake yeah yeah So what
2: I did know was that there was this person looks like one of the stable hands with his bucket and with some weird liquid in it and that same liquid on his hands. And look, I know it's black and white, but I've been doing this for a long time. But I can tell you that is the color of blood.
0: And I'm assuming the guy in the picture is the old guy.
3: Nah, that young fella right there. I bet you a whole bucket of cabbage that there fake a name is Timmy.
0: And
2: that person noticed that I took the picture. That's why I didn't want to go to the stalls and I didn't want to get too far away. That's the person we need to find, but we also don't want them to overhear that we're onto
3: them. That is indeed the next man on our list. It was that of the vet, but this this cinches it. It's right, fine. Timmy the stable boy. Uh, before we're
2: done, the last is this chalice. It's just not natural, boys. It's just not natural. And I'll show them the picture and show them the carvings and show them the abominations at the bottom. I don't know how this got to be a a trophy in a high society shindig, but I can tell you, this ain't natural.
3: This is against the the works of God and, and the natural order of things. I tell you, most of us fellas just come down here to throw down a couple of bucks on some fillies. You don't really pay attention to what the highfalutin people are doing in the background, but yeah, that's some strange stuff right there. I don't know what you're talking about. Looks perfectly normal
0: to me. That's, I'm sure there's nothing to be strange there. So, Timmy, where do we think...
3: Aren't you the one that a little while ago when we was talking about strange symbols painted in blood was like, we might be in over our heads or something?
0: Yes, exactly. That's exactly my point. Perhaps we're in over our head, examining the occultish-looking cup. Yes. You are correct, Clem. Your powers of observation once again astound me.
3: I yes. no hocus pocus. I'm mm. trying to do a job. You vouched for me, so you say. I did vouch for. It? It's
0: true. No, I'm saying let's go find this Timothy and figure out what what's he doing with the blood. Well, I think we know <laughs> Timothy the blood. But what's he doing with the horses? And who paid him, more specifically?
3: specifically We need that. him to sing about who about the fact that them Germans paid him. My that
1: Exactly. I'm sure it's the Germans. All right, Uh, it sounds as a group you are looking for the stable boy Timmy, if I'm hearing this correctly.
3: Yes. Indeed, uh, which was next after we reunited with our friend.
0: So, Clem, how does one go about finding someone who doesn't wish to be found?
3: You work in a place like this, the only guy you answer to is your boss. Let's go find the stable master if we don't run into Timmy along the way.
1: All right, fair enough. Yeah, the stables are large, but not that large. You see the same thing. You pass by the stalls of the tough guys in front of Philly. Philly, now at least uh, one of the Toddingtons, uh, Dot Toddington, is down at Love Rocket. And one more of the stiff Prussian-like guys is in front of Widerzehn. And the stable boss, you see him ordering around different people, different youngsters as they clean out stalls or fetch water or do all the other things they do in a stable. But you don't see Timmy.
0: Okay. Is it obvious who's in charge?
1: It is. It's pretty obvious who's in charge. It's an Uh older gent who's directing what they're doing.
0: Is it the older gent that I... Is this the older gent that I saw before? No. no. Okay. Different different older guy. Different guy. All right, Clem, shall I smooze, or do you want to go ahead and come in with the undercut? You can take this one. All right. I will march up to the stable master and introduce myself. Hello, sir. I'm not... Uh, this is your establishment, correct? You in the stables?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me. He wipes his hand that maybe has some obvious horse, you know, what on it holds it mm-hmm. out to you. Yes. Craig Skinner of the Boston Skinners. I'm here.
0: I was running an errand for Dot Toddington. I was wondering, I'm looking for one of your stable hands. A man by the name who goes by the
1: name of Timothy. Timmy. Timmy. Yeah, he said his stomach wasn't feeling well, and he went he went to use the boys' room down that way. We've got some in the back for staff. But if you find him, tell him to hurry up. We got a lot of, we got a lot of work to do, and I don't need his loafing. Yeah. You don't need <laughs> his loaf.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <clears throat> yes. Some indeed. tickles uh, from the
3: sidelines.
1: We'll send it back
0: to you forthwith, of course. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, lads, he's in the crapper.
3: Nicely done. You got something on your hand there.
0: Oh, God. Oh, I'll go. Is there like a bucket of water or something like that? And I can just dump yeah, it in there? Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. There I don't want like to get, of... get
3: horse crap on my suit.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It,
2: they're yeah. going to feed that to the horse. <laughs> <laughs> don't wipe your hand in that. Pick up the straw, rub your hand on the straw,
0: that'll get most of it off. I don't know what kind of...
2: And then he hands you, kind of a, he th- hands you a handkerchief, and then handkerchief. you get the other bits with that.
3: Oh, come on, Moses, it's more fun to watch him sputter and fret.
2: Thank you, Moses, I appreciate it. I take the handkerchief, I dunk it in the water, and hand it to him.
0: See, even better, see, look at that. It's, like, it's almost like we're this close to civilization, gents, appreciate that. Yeah, we'll
3: use, the as we, as we...
2: use the straw first.
3: And as we clear the doors of the, uh, the stable, finally out into the open, Clem stops and lights a cigarette.
1: Yeah, and you because that's you what know, you do in the 20s. and you get outside the stables and you light your cigarette but uh, and then you see the bathrooms are right there they're separated from the stables it looks like they do have running water and things type to them it looks like this outhouse for it's not really an outhouse. this little room is maybe it's got one entryway it's about 10 feet by 10 feet building with a roof pipes going into it so must-have running water and all that kind of stuff inside there but small little bathroom
0: so it's just like like one small room like it's like a one-seater
1: yeah no it's like a 10 by 10 bathroom you can walk in and there are probably sinks and so until you go in you don't know what's in but it's not very big it's just a small
0: all right all right gents so do we uh, do we go in and see if he's there or do we wait here for him to come out
3: i'll go first and i pull out my 1911 and hold it down low by my side, out of sight, a little bit behind my back as I enter.
1: Okay. And you enter, and as you walk in, it's maybe wide enough for one person going in. As you get into the bathroom, there is a trough, a urinal trough, going along Mm -hmm. one wall, and then there are two stalls. And you immediately see a pair of feet sticking out from one of the stalls like prone sticking out or just the toes sticking prone sticking out
2: that's not a good sign <laughs> <laughs> huh.
3: he shit himself to death hey Temmy, your boss is looking for you no reaction from the stiff
1: no reaction
3: <sighs> all right come on in guys but be careful i think this is a, a new crime scene so to speak no well, we she we should call the authorities
2: Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So scandalous.
3: And Clem will scooch forward and push the stall door open with the barrel of his pistol, not touching it with his hand.
1: Yeah, you push it open and on the ground face up is this teenager, 17, 18 years old. It looks like, or it doesn't look like, but you can tell. He's been shot in the chest, and his eyes are open, and you know he is dead.
2: I'm going to start taking pictures of everything. I'm going to snap pictures of the crime scene, the door, body, look for shell casings, all of that. I'm not going to touch anything, and I'll be careful to step over anything that could be construed as evidence. Clem is investigating.
3: Now, what that looks like is he's taking drags off of his cigarette while occasionally taking a hit off of his bottle of moonshine and scanning the room. Occasionally, he bends down and looks at something more closely, but for the most part, he's actually very observant, but he doesn't look like he's doing a lot. Okay.
2: Anything that you take the time to look at closely, I get pictures of that. Okay.
0: Being a librarian, is it in any way possible that I have a pair of, like, cotton archival gloves on me? (laughs) Do you uh, have Surge? I do have Surge. I have not used my Surge.
1: Do you want those gloves to be there? I do. Can I spend my Surge to get gloves? You sure can.
0: Okay, cool. Then I uh, can uh, I, in fact, spend my Surge for better gloves than that? Because that was just, like, story plausible, Those, but, like, a pair of, like, work gloves.
1: Yeah, you can spend Surge and get a nice pair of f- whatever f- you f- want. Yeah,
0: yeah, like, fine leather gloves that are, like, thick, heavy quality. Perfect. Sure. Out of his breast pocket, then he'll pull it. Let me spend that. I'll pull a a pair of, again, like black leather gloves. They come up a little bit past the wrist so they can fit like over his jacket cuffs. And the first thing that he's going to do is go over to the body at the head side of the body and just lift up on the shoulders to see if okay. the bullet went all the way through. You, you don't see an exit wound. An exit wound. Fabulous. Excellent. That means that step two is going to be intriguing. So he
3: did it come out the back?
0: it did not it's still inside of it so caliber yep so I want to again using my anatomical knowledge that I have learned from my time in the library I want to try to root around in the wound and find the bullet
1: now before you do that I just Mm. need a standard 2d6 eyes roll for Clem and one from Moses as well okay and again you can always enhance it if you wanted to but Snake eyes. Nice.
3: I'm going to enhance it. Okay. And, which is going to make it a 3d6. And then I'm going to burn two eyes to make it a 1d6 roll. Okay. Wait.
1: Yeah, so you're going to make it a 3d6, and then you're going to burn two eyes to get more information.
3: Single two. So we both got twos.
1: Okay. All right. So... That's good roles. First of all, Moses, who's taking pictures and was trying to really look around. Moses, you actually do take pictures and locate shell casings. Okay. All right. First of all, Clem, as you were sitting there and looking at the body and watching Craig <laughs> yeah. with his gloves and doing it, you notice that there is an uncharacteristic bulge in the pocket the jacket pocket of this young man mm. and to you it looks like a wad of bills
3: so you got the gloves on craig see that bulge in his pocket what's in there
0: i will reach into his pocket with my gloved hand and first start rooting around in the wound and getting blood on him i reach into the pocket and pull it up
1: yes yeah, so you pull out a wad of, of u.s do- u.s bills comes to a total of about $800 in U.S. bills.
3: All right, I'll, I'll count it. It looks like he's got about $200 here. That looks like evidence. Why don't you just hand me the pile? I'm investigating. Sure, but the three of us all get a cut, right? Absolutely. All right. Hand to the wad. And I Click. stuck it into my pocket without counting it. <laughs> I
2: caught the Wait. picture, so I saw what
3: was handed over.
0: Damn it. <laughs> He's got blackmail. So, what uh, don't
3: actually, why don't you go through the rest of his pockets, see if there's any other clues in
0: yeah, there. I'll rifle around his pockets and see if I can find anything else.
1: You find that you find some identification stuff like that. Mm, let's keep
0: that uh, where know, that is for the authorities.
1: Some some
0: keys. Confirm uh, that this is in fact Timmy, though. When I look at his identification, it is in fact Timmy.
1: It is in fact Timothy Dalton.
3: Cool. See, I don't have to split it. I said, I bet you a bucket load of cash that their fakalu is Timmy. And it is, so I win the bet. And I just continue my investigation.
0: I will, however, grab the keys that are in his pocket. And I will okay. put them in my pocket. Anything else exciting as I'm rifling through?
1: Nope. And the only hmm. other thing was, of course, Moses found the shell casings. Oh, okay.
3: Even better. Then I don't need to rifle through the wound for the bullet. He's got the shell so casings. Using a surge... You can insert something into the narrative. You can. I'm going to use my surge then and as Craig lets the body a rest back onto the floor just before he is about to root around in the wound for a bullet, Timmy's left hand bounces open and something that he snatched away from his murderer in, his, in the struggle.
1: Yeah, and that. absolutely, you can spend search to do that. And he opens up his hand, and there is a Prussian medal.
0: <gasps> oh, hmm,
3: dirty, nicely done, and agreed. Yeah, there is a search. Well, that looks like our proof. Okay, get a shot of that.
2: I'm going to go back to my pictures because I got pictures of the Prussians to begin with. Yep. Which metal, is it the same metal on both Prussians or is it a unique metal that so, that I can use to identify which Prussian is missing
1: the metal? You you had your pictures and you look and this one does seem to be special. does seem to be a special one. You could probably, if you compared it to the photos you took, identify which Prussian.
3: Take a picture of it where it lays first before we pick it up. Done taking the picture yep and,
2: and so now that i know which prussian is i'm gonna look at and say clem oh is this where we tell the police and give them our evidence and let them make
3: the arrest all we got proof of so far is that the prussians killed a stable boy
1: and the only other thing as craig is rooting around in the same pocket that the bills were you do find a folded up piece of paper
0: Oh, I will take that out and read it. Take a picture of it coming
1: out of the hole yep. And open put it
0: up to the camera.
1: Yeah, and so your a 4 size piece of paper that opens up shows a, a circle with a star in the middle. And there are symbols at the, each of the cardinal points. And there yep. seem to be runic. Matching the chalice.
3: Now that's matching the description of what was painted inside Philly's stall. And so, I, we need to report this
0: young man's demise to the authorities so that they can properly investigate. Uh, I think we give them the evidence of the medal, This piece of paper, however, I need to bring this to our friends the Tottingtons. Let them know what's up. This is not a matter for the mundane police. Okay. Everyone
3: in agreement? Fair enough. Did we figure out which one of those stuffy Prussians that metal came from?
1: I can pick him out. Yeah, and it was the one Moses that you talked to when you went up in the chalice and took pictures. It was that guy.
3: Okay.
0: Oddly, it was a nice one. No, it's always the nice ones that have something
3: I'm sure there's some heat around here
0: somewhere. Let's start with the stable manager and let him know that uh, there's a body. Fair
3: enough. You know,
0: in fact, if I may make... If, you know what? Let us leave the metal and just report the death. There... Now we know what we're dealing with. No, you know? because if they realize it's
2: missing and they come back looking for it, they'll take yeah, that- it. And then our ability to identify them by the missing metal to be probable that.
0: That's what I'm saying, Moses, is that perhaps we aren't the ones that need to identify him by the missing metal. Perhaps that is a matter for the mundane authorities while we chase down what's going on with the circle and the star and the runes.
2: But if we leave it unprotected, they could come back and take the metal,
3: thus ruining the chances of him being identified.
0: That is a fair point, be and I suppose you're correct.
3: It kills me to do this, but we don't want our fingerprints on it. Here, and he dumps like the last four cigarettes out of his cigarette pack. Just drop the metal in here. We'll close it up. Put it in my pocket. We'll give it to the police. What?
0: So should one of us just leave the bathroom and start yelling murder, murder? Is that how this is done? I don't know. We we don't need to stop. I my element
3: here. We don't need to start no panic. We'd have people running all over their place, getting trampled. Maybe Jade Run would take a learning lesson. Would you knock it off with the Jade (laughs) Run thing, all right? I think Jimmy down at the docks was confused, and he was supposed to be telling me to bet on the Prussian horse. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, oh! not the Russian horse, the Prussian horse.
3: He said he thought it was from Egypt, but it was from over the seas. And where's Prussia? But over the seas. Clearly, Jimmy was confused. All right. So then let's just go then. tell his boss. Let his boss handle it. Jimmy's taking a dirt nap in the bathroom. And he can handle <laughs> it from there.
1: All right. So you guys head out of the bathroom. Yeah.
3: Yep. Me- meanwhile, I'll go find the tonic
1: Okay, Clem, as you step out of the bathroom, you hear the well-known sound of a gun being fired. Multiple rounds and you are you are under under fire how do you react do you instantly recognize that it is gunfire and again multiple rounds how do you react
3: clem immediately shoves craig who was following him out the door backwards into moses pushing them both back into the room and dives sideways pulling out his 1911.
1: So we got two things going on, two move action rolls you're going to do. The first one is to push your friends back and to keep them out of harm's way. That's going to be a heart roll. This is a 2d6 plus the challenge of your opponent. You're up against a 2d6 opponent, making it a 4d6 roll. Okay? And because it was surprised, it's a 5d6 roll to push them out of the way. 5d6 heart.
3: Dang. Okay, then I'm going to have to burn. Do I get my plus two heart for like giving one of them the imprint of my class of 1916 bruise in there? I'll let in, your I'll let your <laughs> class
1: of yeah, because it gives you the class ring of 1916 gives you that confidence, that overconfidence, and so, that yeah. sense
3: of fellowship with these guys. That's and right. me risk my life for them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So you All can right. count that, yeah.
3: And can that heart if I? Burn. You can
1: burn equipment. Uh-huh. nice.
3: Okay, so but, then but I'm going. But if you
1: burn two, that equipment doesn't work after this roll. If you burn one in the equipment, it still works. Just so you know that.
3: All right, I'll burn one in the equipment. Yep. And... I'm at 5d6.
1: Yeah, 5d6, right.
3: I got to so, get that down at least 3, so I'll burn two in heart. Two more in two, hearts two in, in heart. arms, so now, you're a,
1: you, now you're at a 2d6 roll, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see it. Seven. All right, so you do it and uh, Craig and Moses, you don't know what's going on. You hear some sound ring out and immediately, why don't we hear from, why don't we hear from Clem? Well, you tell me what happens.
3: So it went down pretty much exactly as originally described i heard the gunshots ring out recognized they were close and i stiff-armed craig who honestly is a pushover
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm I'm cleaning it's true
3: straight back into moses and which moses is solid enough but it tangles him up in his camera and he wasn't expecting it the next thing you know they're not quite on the floor but they've staggered back and bumped into the stalls as i dive sideways trying to take cover behind a Big oaken barrel of something that they have at a horse stably place near the bathroom.
1: Yeah. So you. So now that you've pushed them back, now you're going to use move as your characteristic to drive to dive out of the way of this. And again. It's a 2d6 roll plus the challenge of your opponent, 46. I'm not going to give you the surprise because I already nailed you on the pushback, so it's going to be a 4d6 move roll for you to dive out of the way of these shots.
3: Really not interested in getting shots, so I'm going to go ahead and burn 3 move to make it a 1d6 roll and hope I get my surge
1: back. All right. No, you don't want your surge back on that. You have a five. You definitely don't want to get your...
3: (gasps) Oh, I don't want my search back. Good call.
1: (laughs) Three. Three. So you do it. You dive out of the way. And now you've been able to get out. And you see the hitting the ground near you multiple shots. And there you are on the side of the building. You were able to dive basically around the side of the building. So you're hiding around a corner of it. But meanwhile, let's go back inside to our two friends who've been knocked over each other. So, Craig and Moses, you're in the bathroom, and you've heard the eruption of gunfire. I kind of um, spin. What, what's going on?
2: <laughs> We're being shot at. I spin, spin out of, he got pushed into me as we both held back in eye as opposed to falling down or whatever spin around and I want to go very low profile almost like belly crawl during my time in the Spanish-American War when I was with the Rough Riders and had to duck and kind of low crawl and I'm basically going to low crawl and take the camera and just poke it out and take a snapshot down it's random-ish. I'm pointing it in the direction where the shots are coming from to see if I can capture who might be firing because that may become important and see if i can get that picture
1: okay okay
2: i'm yeah. trying not to expose myself like so my hands are out there and i'm hoping they don't shoot my camera but All i'm right. taking that shot to see if i can at least get a picture of who's shooting at us
1: yeah so to get the this kind of almost like blind shot of who it is yeah it, this is gonna be a pretty a pretty challenging role i'm gonna it's a this is going to be the base of you. taking a picture. Really doesn't require anything, but because you're doing something specific, it's a 2d6. You're a cameraman. eh we'll make it a 3d6 roll for you because you are a photographer after all. All right. So
2: I'm going to burn one on the camera, and I'm going to burn one on the on on eyes. Okay. To make that a 1d6 roll. All right. And that's a four. Perfect. Yeah,
1: so you're, you don't know for sure, but you're 99% positive that you actually got whoever's shooting, you, you're pretty sure you got a shot of them.
2: And I'm going to roll back and say, all we got to do is live and we've got them dead to rights.
1: All right. Now to go there and back and not expose yourself, it is going to require a move roll okay and this is where it's going to be a little painful to crawl on your belly and do that you are a photographer after all and although you fought in the spanish-american war that was many years ago so that's going to be a 2d6 base roll plus the challenge of the opponent who's a marksman of two so it's a 46 move roll you're gonna burn some moses oh i am I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna
2: burn three on the move. All right. So we get a one d six roll. And that's a six. Can't have any more surge than they already got.
1: And uh, what's your move number? Seven. Seven. Oh, okay, great. So you're fine. You get back. Yep.
2: All right. Can I at this time use my surge? Because I've been around talking to a bunch of people, and I want to basically insert into the narrative that between the gunfire and the fact that I've been taking pictures and there has been some things going on that uh, a contact I have who happens to be in the police force happens to be on this beat and is in the area so he's going to come in in at this point and see see me roll back with the camera and knows that I'm under fire. It's
1: probably a Little be Do you have the contacts? I uh, do.
2: I I have con, I have contacts for equipment.
1: All right. So I'll if uh, if you use your surge. Yeah. Yeah, I'll allow because you have the contacts book. With the use of the contacts book, because it representing how many people and everything. Yeah. So the surge. What you hear in in the is you hear at least one police whistle going off. Okay. All right. And now let's go to Craig.
0: Yes, I am quite out of my element here and I appreciate that Clem has pushed me behind the safety of the wall here where I intend to stay out of (laughs) gunfire.
1: Okay, and so now we're back outside with Clem. Clem, you've just heard the whistle in the distance. You think it's a police whistle. Something must have happened, but you can make out the shooter. The shooter is on top of the horse stables lying belly down and they have they've got a pistol and they are they are trying to aim and looking to shoot inside to the this this bathroom and trying to get a bead on you as well but you definitely see them
3: alright so Clem calls out you hear
1: the coppers coming
3: you should throw down that heater and give up while he shifts back behind the wall and creeps to the opposite corner to lean out and try to get an angle on the shooter.
1: Okay. Yeah. You as a PI, I think crawling around the other side of the building and trying to do a little misdirection, that's okay. You're using a little bit of heart for the misdirection. We're going to do a simple heart roll 2d6. Uh, for that kind of misdirection on him that using your courage or prowess there so let's do a simple 2d6 to see to see how that goes against heart okay see if he buys it
3: and if i waved my pistol before i went backwards do i get that h1 you sure do fantastic seven up against a nine
1: yeah perfect so he buys the misdirection. So when you get to the other side, you definitely have a clear shot of him. You can see him.
3: All right, I'm gonna line one, I'm gonna line him up in my sights and I'm gonna squirt metal at him. Roll lead. Right.
1: Great, so that's an eyes roll. And normally because you would have to be trying to avoid him, that might be more difficult. This is just gonna be a 2D6 roll plus His is essentially, he's a 2d6 opponent, so it makes it a 4d6 roll to hit him. Let's see how your 4d6 eyes roll goes.
3: I'm going to burn one eyes off of my 1911. Yep. And two eyes off of. Oh, nice. My eyes. A total of four to make this a 1d6 roll as I bust a cap in his
1: ass. All right,
3: that's- and I roll a six, which is a tied for partial success, but I get my surge back.
1: Well, you have no, you have a six and eyes, and your pistol gives you oh, one. seven. So you have a seven, so that's a success. You got a six, you got under the seven,
3: and I got my surge back,
1: and you got your surge back, and you hit him. He drops his firearm, but he pulls back then from the roof, but his gun falls to the ground. He's still alive, but you definitely hit him. All right, you're clear.
3: Shake your getaway sticks and let's get up there. He's dropped his gun. He's trying to get away.
1: Then coming down from the stands, like around the horse barn, you see this, this Bobby with a whistle in his mouth and he's got a billy club out, and he's uh, he's running in your direction. He's like, what's going on? I heard gunshots.
3: Yeah, there's a shooter on the roof over there. I just clipped him. I'm a P.I. His gun fell. There's a stiff in the john, and he's trying to get away.
1: Uh, and and, and I'm, then the, then I'm, the cop I'm, blows his whistle, woo, blows it more, and it starts running back the other way.
2: Like, after the criminal?
1: Yeah, after the criminal where a Clem was pointing to. I can't um,
3: believe I sold it that easy.
1: I'm gonna. Uh, uh, uh. He's ask quick, moses that's
3: yes yeah. which means you might recognize me because we all grew up together
2: quick question can i have taken a picture of lamb doing his m- maneuvers like f- from the backside since that like basically in the in in the room take a picture of him doing that
1: yeah if you want to sure yeah
3: yeah, yeah you're personal a photogra- action
1: photographer you're a photographer
2: <laughs> yeah that's what i'm going for. i might be the world's first action photographer and, yeah, so I'll do that, and then I'm just going to follow a Clem, and we're going to run this guy down.
3: You're going to outrun me chasing this guy, because I've only got to move a five, kid.
0: Yeah, I've only got to move a five also. Do we really want to be chasing this one down? Perhaps we let the the take care of him while we go find the Tottingtons. While Shot at you,
3: me, Craig. Grow while, while, you, while
2: you're saying that, I've already run back. all
0: three of us? <sighs>
2: I did so not wear that, my winning suit. While he's asking the question, I'm in pursuit.
1: Oh, okay. You're moving. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what you have before you is the horse barn with the people. in it. this guy was on the top of it and beyond the horse barn are, is the stands. So, Moses, where are you going to head as you zoom past? Where are you headed?
2: So, assuming that everybody else is following him directly... I want to take almost like an intercept course. If he's running up the stands or running along the stands, there's an exit at some point. So I want to take the track that's going to meet him at the exit. So to cut him off, that's, yes. that's the tactic so, I so want So
1: if you think he's headed for the exit, you can cut through the stables and then you'll end up popping up in the middle of the stands. Yep. And that would probably be your best way to head him off. And, but... But to let's say get there and to intercept him, definitely that's gonna be a move roll. That's gonna be pretty challenging. So this opponent is a two D6. I'm gonna make it a, a 4d6 roll for you. It's just the burn 2D the basic 2d6 roll plus the opponent's 2d6 challenge level. Okay. 4d6 roll. And you will do that.
2: I'm going to burn two on my and move to make that a 2d6 roll. Okay. And now just let me ask this question because this it hasn't been an issue but it might be an issue now when i'm rolling against my difficulty is that difficulty the original seven or is it now the seven minus all that i've burned
1: nope it's your stat does not diminish okay excellent until you get to the point where you take burn equal to your stat okay
2: all right in that case yeah it'll be a 2d6 roll that's a six so I am better than my move seven
1: great so Clem and you and Clem and Craig you can tell me what you're doing as you see Moses take off but Moses takes off a man with a mission knows exactly where to go and Moses as you run through the stables and pop up you pop up in the middle of the stands and what at the far end of the stands are about three cops. Okay, and between you and the cops, and this is maybe a hundred foot span, right in the middle, is one of these German guys, the nice one, holding his arm. He's got blood streaming down his arm, and he's making his way uh, up the stands towards the Silver Chalice. i can't shut let it. Him get to the Silver Chalice! And let me just jump back to Clem and to Craig.
0: What were you guys doing as Moses was making a break for it? If he making a break for it, and Clem, are you running after him also? Is that
3: Clem is also running after him, not at a breakneck pace. He remembers how fast Moses was from school. And is trusting him to run him down like a fox. I'm definitely I'm not yeah, running, like running a at hound full pace. after a fox. So Clem angles across the side of the building to retrieve the fallen weapon while scanning where I expect the guy to come out in the stands with my pistol ready to fire again if if necessary. Okay. If he appears.
1: And you you collect a Ruger from the ground. And so you both of you pop up just after Moses because you were following him to see the to see this this guy this prussian headed to and almost about headed up to this cup other people don't seem to really understand that anything's going wrong people are looking they see the police they see this guy who looks injured heading up towards the cup the Toddingtons are right by the cup, both Tad and Docked. And that's the scene, what you got going on. So, Moses, you're up there first, so any reaction to the scene?
2: Knowing that he's heading for the cup, I'm going to head direct in that direction. I'm going to try to try to move and I'm going to yell, protect the cup.
1: And and you can move up that way without rolling or anything. You're just moving yep. through the stands. And, but you do alert Tad and Dot and they kind of look down and see the see the Prussian guy coming up and Tad and Dot grab the cup and they take it and start moving it up the stands to the private room up there.
2: Okay. I'm gonna keep following hoping the police can get to tackle him before I do.
1: Yeah and the police follow him and also Clem and Clem's got his gun out and the Toddingtons go into the private room up there and following right after them is this injured Prussian guy. And the three of you are able to get up there just before the police to enter this room that you saw the the Toddingtons and the Prussian go into. Clem?
3: As the Russian was still moving up the stairs before he's able to follow them all of the way, Clem would like to stop, plant his feet, square his shoulders, take careful aim, and put one through the guy's leg.
1: Absolutely. So you're gonna take the shot, a second shot at this guy. It's it, it will be a 46 roll. That's his 2d6 plus the opponent's attack difficulty. So 46 eyes.
3: Indeed.
1: You have surge.
3: I do. I'm gonna use surge to drop one of them. Yeah. And it's 46. So I can drop another d6 off with one more eyes for five. And that gives me a 2d6 roll to hit him. Right. Up against a ten.
1: Yeah, let's see. Six. Let's see. Your eyes is a six. It's a seven. It's a seven. You have an eyes. Oh, seven. Right,
3: right. I was working on heart, not eyes. Yeah. Eyes of seven. So I need one more off of that. So if I burn the die, which is going to cause me harm. It still works so for this could exchange, burn correct?
1: Eyes. You could burn eyes, bring it all the way up to a D6 roll, and it doesn't harm you now, but in subsequent rolls it will. But it might be worth it. I'm doing Just, it. Do it. Yeah, I would do it. That's cool. Yeah, you burned it. Nice.
3: One D6 roll. Yep. I mean,
1: we got to burn it, baby. That's the name of the game, right? That's the name Maybe of the game. Maybe get your surge back, yeah.
3: And I might get my surge back. And I
1: rolled a six! No way! (laughs) I sure did! Yeah, so you got your surge back and you hit him and he just goes down. So mechanically, just so you know, in the back, this guy had a burn max of four and or I think it was a little more. You rolled 46 on this shot, right? So the damage you're actually going to do is four if you hit him. He had more. I think it was a burn max of six. So he already had some damage. So this finishes him off, actually, as an Mm. opponent. Whether he's dead or just incapacitated, that's all story, but he's down. So he did not go in the room with the Toddingtons.
3: Nice. All right. Then we uh, get up to him then, get to yep. kick him over and be like,
1: ah. Click. <laughs> don't hurt me. I give up. And, and pretty it, soon get there as well.
2: I take the picture of him. So it's
3: very clear. Okay. And while Moses is snapping that shot, I'm leaning over her shoulder going. <laughs> bet you about when you showed up at the horse races this morning, you didn't think sometime about two o'clock you'd have a hole in your leg. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Dot?
2: I love you with all my heart and soul, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I want to go directly into the room where Tad and Dot are, so I can go ahead and relay to them what's going on.
1: And when you get in there to go in to see what Tad and Dot are doing, they are frantically standing above the chalice. They have a knife out, and, and your good friend Tad has just cut his palm, and he's gripping and dropping blood down into the chalice. No time for that now, Tad. Look, but the German is coming. We have to protect ourselves.
0: No, nah, the Germans closed the door to the room. Yeah. Germans down. We've already taken care of that. More importantly, we know what's wrong with your horse.
1: Yes, you found out as well.
0: I take the paper out of my pocket and open it to go ahead and show them the markings.
1: Yes, this runic magic. Appearing with their own charms that we had for our horse.
0: Oh, good God, you are already into this stuff?
1: I recommend, Craig, that you forget what you've seen here and you just go back out to your friends.
0: Uh, look, jo- job done, right? Uh, I think you owe us another $800 for the work that we've done.
1: Yes. If you forget what's here, I'll pay you 2000 I don't
0: even know it's who you are if you door. give me
1: 5000 <laughs> <laughs> Behind yeah. you. I don't and even know who you are. They quickly, quickly clean up and all that, and yeah. The police take this guy, cuff him, and then before long you see two other Germans or Prussians cuffed as well. And you end up getting the an abbreviated story, which was They were trying to win the cup, and although it's supposed to stay in the club, their eventual plan was to take it with them back to Prussia, this item that they Mm. so wanted. And uh, for now, they're being arrested and probably deported. They have diplomatic immunity or something, you learn. And so they will be sent back. And uh, Tad and Dot let you know that they owe you one in addition to giving you the $2,000. But something is rotten in high society in Harbor City. And Clem, Moses, and Craig, you think that your work is not yet done. Mm,
3: Now we've just gotten Mm. a taste taste of the evil. (laughs)
1: Mm.
2: So Moses is going to be starting a serial, which he's going to try to sell to the sun, which will be basically the stories of this real live PI action hero, who solved the cheating scandal at the, at the tracks and it's going to be accompanied. They're going to have basically one piece of an article each day for a week long serial kind of thing. And it's going to be accompanied with various pictures of the evidence and his methodology and how he's the true hero of the day. Obviously to leave his contact information. And, um, and I'm also going to just take what I've learned and kind of, Saw around and try to write some nice horse articles and stuff like that about the race in nice. general and all the other things and get some other pieces to go along with that so I can try to make my name and get hired by the sun.
1: And Moses, nice. Clem, and Craig, you are, of course, all invited to watch the last race, the steeplechase from the box of the Toddingtons. And lo and behold, who wins but none other than the Toddingtons' own horse, Love Rocket. And so all's well in high society in the world, and they get to keep this honor (laughs) chalice for yet another year. And and Love Rocket seems to be all back to a tip-top form.
3: And uh, once all of this blows out and the story blows open, Clem very much enjoys the new business, the new publicity, the new money to spend at the speakeasies and is often, when he's asked about it, heard, and has been quoted in the paper as saying, Once Jade Run came in seventh, I just knew something was up and I had to find out what was going on.
0: This is so much fun. What a that great, was a great time. clean system. I really, that burn mechanic is really cool. And I love the surge mechanic where you can go ahead and use that for story insertion. Yes. That, that is awesome. awesome. As Absolutely I started to get a handle brilliant.
3: on that and I started playing with some of the other games I've done where yeah. I have some more narrative control, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Let me see how much, what I can do with this. And that's when I came oh, up yeah. with the idea of the hand falling open. Oh, perfect. Which was fanta- yeah. it was fantastic. It's fantastic. Having it be a Prussian medal was perfect. I almost said it, and a, pr- and a f- Prussian medal fell out. But I'm like, no, let's let the mod decide.
1: Yeah, and that's probably what <laughs> I should have said rightfully is to turn it back on you and say, great, what what comes out? What falls out, what, yeah. What falls out. But I thought right away of the Prussian medal, yeah. too. You, so yeah. I was like, "Yeah, We were on the well, same page. It was right there. It was so on brand,
2: on theme. That's what it had to be. That's what happens in these things. So, yeah. Yeah, but, oh, and by the way, I think as I was going, um, my character is basically going to inspire the concept of Mickey Spillane, who actually comes about ten years after me, as far as when he was born and writing. But that yes. basically, Glenn, you are the prototype for the kind of gumshoe that Mickey Spillane r- wrote about in his creation of Mike Hammer. Nice. <laughs> so,
3: Fantastic! No. What a nice connection in there for your, your actual for actual history too. I mean, I'm a huge fan of maker.
1: Spillane. That's actually where I why I use the name. And the only thing I'd add is these characters, if you were going on to part two or part three, you would all earn what we call build points for this to improve your characters. And the way build points work is, first of all, you add up your burn entirely. How much burn did you take in total? And I'm looking at Clem. Clem took a whole a ton. lot of burn, right? <laughs> a 10, 13, 15 burn.
3: That's the fate so, of the action star.
1: So you divide your total burn by three. That's five for Clem. So Clem would get a five for build points in addition to another two bonus points for burning a stat. You get, if you burn a stat, you get two. So Clem, you Mm. come out of this with seven build points to invest in your character between now and the next one. Now, we would have to go through the recovery, and you might end up having to spend build points to. To recover more burn, but you would have that. Josh, how did you end up on, on, on
0: build points? Uh, I only was on spending points? four burn, and that was it. So I only get one point.
1: You or, would get is one it, point? Is
0: it, yeah.
1: Yep. And Moses, how much yep. burn did you burn through? Nine. No, I'm
3: sorry, ten.
1: Ten. So you would get three build points out of this.
3: Cool. Yes. So you write it close to the ragged edge, and it pays dividends.
1: Yeah. you yeah so the burn is the name of the game and burn baby burn just all yeah. about it's all about using that burn mechanic
2: but there were things i was willing to chance and there were things that i'm like i want no chance yeah. of failure and yeah uh and so i was like do i spend out yep i'll spend mm. out here mm. <laughs> that's got kind of, that's how i did that's why some of the photos like i i burn a little on the first photos and then i'm like nope i'll just take my odds on those but yeah, yeah this is really good
3: No, you were great with your picture taking this was a fantastic time time. and we had a couple of delays and our pre-show talk etc but still total studio time probably about three hours including teaching us this Mm, game so if you're looking for that almost exactly if you're looking for that game that you can play without having to sit down and slog out for six hours at a time for a play session this one runs in about an hour and a half or so, two hours at most for a session, and you can have a great time with your yep. friends. Absolutely.
0: Great. Yep. All right, Kevin Burr, appreciate you taking some time well, with thanks us Thanks for having uh, me. Thanks, gents, for coming in. And uh, yeah, go check out Burn 2D6. All right, so, everybody.
3: Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, have Kevin. Appreciate
0: it. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Good night, all. all right. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
3: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at TT Journeys, joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday, and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. Check it out today and see all the awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if
2: you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, you would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for Legends A Week.